Hello and welcome to Rhythms of Grace. I'm Christine and I'm here with Sung and Nate. Howdy. As we continue Hello. with season seven. Season seven. Yeah, so uh, what are we talking about today, Sung? Well, in, our, in this season, we've been talking through different topics and questions under the larger umbrella of things I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. And these aren't necessarily things that I, meaning the three of us knew, but being in the three of us being in ministry and having uh, acquaintances and friends and uh, long enough know that these are things that uh, we have heard over and over again. I, I wish I knew this. And, and some of these are absolutely things that at least for me, I have thought as well too. I wish I knew this when I was younger. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. So, so today uh, we, we talked about the first couple of weeks about new years and resolutions and habits and just the importance of that. We're going to kind of go spiritual a little bit and we're going to, uh, the next few episodes go over issues of faith and um, God and things like that. Today, uh, the thing I wish I knew is that forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that you forget what the other person has done. Mm. I see Nate's. I, I was just thinking of the, I'd like you always hear the phrase forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the cliche yeah. that you also hear. Forgive and forget. But is that true? Now, forgiveness is a command and it is not an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think forgetting the, you know, uh, the cliche forgive and forget, I I think that's a whole nother story. So oftentimes we think that forgiveness is like, oh, you just pretend like nothing happened, Mm. which is actually not healthy. Mm. Or or you just, um, you, you just, people think that forgiveness is just this endless series of second chances you're giving that person, Mm. which can also lead to a lot of, abuse and destructiveness in fact and so we have like uh truncated ideas of forgiveness Mm. so we we want to just kind of debunk that whole idea of forgive and forget yeah it almost seems like that definition of forgiveness is driven by sort of like the person being forgiven a little bit like they're sort of mm-hmm. saying like well if you're gonna forgive me then that means that I, you give me a second chance or you know sort of like i now deserve these things because you've forgiven me mm-hmm. yeah uh, which i can certainly appreciate i mean i'm sure that i feel that way <laughs> you know when i need to be forgiven i want a second chance or i want it to be like can we just pretend this horrible thing i did never happen <laughs> right you know yeah. uh but that's not really how relationships work right and, and even for the offender i've heard people say um you know well this person has forgiven me and so therefore like yes i'm they go beyond just god's forgiveness and that person's forgiveness to almost think like that the any legal ramifications uh, or relational ramifications are therefore now uh, resolved and gone, right. which is not the case. Right. Or like they don't, they've sort of been forgiven, so they don't need to work on themselves yeah. anymore. Right. Like they don't need to fix what mm-hmm. sort of caused this dysfunctional action or sin or whatever. Yeah. And so that can happen in romantic relationships or even platonic relationships, parent child relationships. And so this is, this kind of goes into almost every relationship that we're a part of mm-hmm. because whether we like it or not, we have been hurt in relationships and whether you think it or not, you have, and you will hurt people in yeah. relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't care how kind and tender hearted you are. 
people are people and there's always going to be miscommunication, misunderstanding. You will cause hurt to other people. Mm-hmm. So I think w- one place where this myth comes from is this whole idea that when God forgives us, that it's like we never sin. Like he forgets it, that he throws our right. sin into the sea of forgetfulness. Sure. As far as the East is from the West. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And so I think we take that and go like, if God must forget, kind of like in, in a amnesia kind of way, mm-hmm. then our calling is therefore then to not only forgive that person, but forget in the sense of, I will continue to give them second chances unlimited, mm-hmm. or I will uh, pretend like it never happened. Mm. So can I ask, have either of you been burned by giving someone a second chance? Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've been told, um, and and this is in the workplace, but there was somebody I fired a number of years ago, but, and this is true of me, somebody, uh, actually more than somebody, a few people have told me, Sung, you have such a high threshold for pain. Mm Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> you I'm, are I'm, one I'm, of them. I'm one of the people that has told you that. <laughs> In other words, I could put up with so much... Um, sort of like relational discomfort. Yeah. Like it doesn't... It's not as uncomfortable to you as it yeah. is to everyone else in the world. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or and, and that's good and bad because on, on the other side, I will continue to go like, you know what? Um, I, I know them and I know what they meant. And I'll continue to give second chances yeah. when, in fact, I should have just made that decision much earlier. And like drawn a line yeah. way, way earlier. So yeah. it's a positive and negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking, you know, like uh, I, I have history of, of abuse in my past. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, man, it's so easy to like say, oh, well, you're sorry this time. I'll forgive you again. Yeah. I'll sorry. You know, like and. And to think, you know, I was trying to think like, oh, where does this come from? And it is a lot of those passages where it's, you know, God will, um, you know, remove our shame and, mm-hmm. and remember our sins no more. You know, yeah. there are these like yep. verses. It's like, isn't that what, what we're supposed to do? I don't know. <laughs> I, know I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting to think about. I think the other thing that happens is that sometimes I think like we want to forgive so that we can as the forgiver we can sort of ignore or diminish Mm -hmm. how broken or dysfunctional or hurtful that interaction was or how how painful that relationship is sort of Mm -hmm. being like no i've forgiven them so i don't have to think about like how messed up this is or was anymore and i think that whole phrase that god remembers no more i think let's let's take that apart a little bit because we think of that as like God somehow has spiritual amnesia now and that he doesn't remember that we committed that. I I mean, I've heard that in sermons. I may have said that too, (laughs) (laughs) but the reality is if you look at the word, remember, there's an interesting passage in Noah and after, uh, and the flood and how after Noah was in the ark for a number of months, it says that God remembered Noah. Mm. Mm. Which is interesting because did God forget Noah? Oh, there's Noah. Oh. I, I forgot about him for like five months. There he is. You know, it, it means that um, remembrance in this case is that God renewed the work that he was doing mm. um, in, in Noah and his situation. And so it's not so much that, so when it says that God remembers us no more, uh, rem- <laughs> God remembers our sin no more. He says it, he will not remember it in the sense of it, it will 
it will no longer function in your life, in his eyes, as if that sin is mm-hmm. uh, at work in your life. Instead, mm-hmm. he is the one that is at, and his grace is the, the thing that is at work in your life. Mm-hmm. And so he remembers your sin no more doesn't mean spirit divine amnesia. It just means uh, he will no longer put it in play. Mm-hmm. When it comes to your relationship, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, the other verse that always comes to mind when we're talking about this is that it, where it says, God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows, mm-hmm. you know, or it, so there's also a truth there where it's like the sins that you commit or the things that you do to break relationship with God, they have consequences mm-hmm. and God forgetting doesn't remove that because mm-hmm. the other truth about him is that the very nature of sowing is that you reap, <laughs> yeah. you know? Have you, how about you, Nate? Have you had instances? Um, yes, I, I think, so I can think of some, I don't, I don't actually want to get too specific, uh, <laughs> but I will say that, that there was a time where, um, Amy and I were in relationship with a person and sort of like just kept getting hurt, kept getting hurt and really trying to continue to offer grace. And, and it was actually, um, my therapist, who also serves as my wife's spiritual director, uh, she said, you know, that person is probably not available for a healthy relationship right now. Mm-hmm. Sort of like she said, like, hey, th- a healthy relationship is not going to happen, so stop trying. Mm-hmm. You know, which we kind of, at least I kind of needed to hear. Because yeah. I was really in the mindset of like, well, you know, they're hurt and they're broken and this happened and this happened and this happened and I extend grace, extend grace, extend grace. And every time you do it, like sort of your hand gets bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and finally it took sort of an outside perspective of someone saying, Hey, health is not going to happen in this season. Just stop, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 And so like we mentioned earlier, what happens is when you forgive somebody, let's say I knew one family where, uh, somebody had killed their son. Um, and now the, the person who perpetrated the crime was going to prison. And I remember talking to the father because he was so guilt-ridden because he wanted, he, he more than wanted to see this person go to jail. Mm-hmm. He wanted like vengeance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just this feeling of like, man, not only am I having a hard time forgiving him, I, I want to see his destruction. Mm-hmm. Well, later on, <clears throat> he came to the point of like, um, uh, um, forgiveness to the extent of like, he will no lo- he will, he no longer ho- held that sense of vengeance um, for him, like personal vengeance. But he still carried on for years this sense of guilt because he said, well, there's no way I'm going to forget this. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to the forgive and forget. Feeling like he should forget. Right. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because he thought, how can I, that would dishonor the memory of my son. Mm-hmm. So there you see the dilemma. Yeah. That forgive and forget is not necessarily true. And things that I think the earlier we learn that, the, the healthier our, uh, our journey towards forgiveness or forgiving uh, will be healthy and productive because, um, and, and it was years later that he realized, oh, that I can actually um, forgive this person mm-hmm. for killing my son, but also 
he needs to live with the consequences of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that I don't have to feel bad that he is getting his kind of, he is reaping what he has sown. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and he doesn't need to feel bad about his own inability to forget. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like yeah. that, that isn't something that should generate guilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So going to like a, a less extreme case, I'm curious, like, you know, if we're talking about uh, forgiving and forgetting, um, you know, there's also like that, that balance that I'm curious if you guys have any insights about between like keeping a record of wrongs where you like are keeping this tally mm-hmm. of, well, I've been hurt seven times. So on the, you know, like, or uh, like the disciples, right? Like we've forgiven them seven times. Is that good enough? Versus, you know, just like, oh, well, we'll just forget it all. Yeah. No record of wrongs. Yeah. Is there, is there like an actual balance out there? <laughs> Well, I think to that, one of the things that's really interesting is when I know in my own heart, when I commit a, a wrong, I tend to underestimate the score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like this is the first time I've done this. Right. And the other person might be like, no, this is the seventh <laughs> time you've done this. Yeah, and, yeah. and then I uh, overestimate when somebody else mm. has wronged me. Right. Like mm-hmm. you always or you, yeah. you never. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this this happens like, let's say when I'm driving. So I, you know, it, 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 when I'm driving and, um, and le- you know, I, 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 I don't see somebody in my blind spot. I start to go over and then they just honk like crazy. Right. And, and for me, I'm like, oh, yep. Oh, close call. We're all good. Let's right. move on. Right. Yeah. And he, he, he drives by, he's giving me this universal hand sign, mm-hmm. you know, he's driving right up against my back and I'm just like, what is wrong with this person? Mm-hmm. Right. And then my mentality is like, all I did was not see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking you almost killed us. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's true in kind of relational kind of record keeping. Yeah. So I think one of the things that's really dangerous about record keeping is exactly that Mm -hmm. we tend to not count the times we're not we're not even aware of times that we have you know put ourselves on that ledger (laughs) but we surely keep (laughs) score of how many times the other person has yeah and i I do think i mean i said it sort of just as like an off-the-cuff example but the more that i thought about it the more excuse me the more i realized that when amy and i are in a disagreement uh, we are very, very careful not to use the words "you never," "you mm-hmm. always," because uh, a couple things. One, it is like sort of keeping a record of wrongs. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it's not true. Yeah, no right. one always does something or never does something, and so it actually, practically, it creates this uh, secondary conflict where they're like, "I don't always do this." What about <laughs> the time that I blah 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 blah? Mm-hmm. Or I, you know, you can't say I never did this because just last week, and suddenly you're in like this secondary conflict. So practically, keeping that a record of wrongs that way derails what could otherwise be a healthy mm-hmm. and productive conflict. Right, and even when you make up and you forgive each other, right? This is where the forgive and forget still like does isn't true. Like, and if you've had if you've gone through a season of a lot of fighting and arguments. Like that builds up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so you can say, I forgive you. Oh, I, when I said that, I was really angry. I was upset. I was emotional. I'm sorry. And you could forgive that person. But then that doesn't mean that that won't happen again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It probably will happen yeah. again. And that's where the, the, even when you forgive, whether you're the one forgiven or forgiving, 
the, the need for constant work on yourself is so important mm-hmm. because that will not change outside of just saying, Oh, I forgive you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That will only change in the context of, um, you know, accountability, community, conversation, kind of intentional practices towards uh, acknowledging that, repenting of that, and trying to form new new aspects of who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really, I think that's contrasted with the, with the cyclical nature of keeping a record of wrongs, where if when someone does something again, if you're you're like, oh, see, I knew that they were mm. all, or I knew right. that they, yeah. and and conversely, when you make accusations of your own record keeping, you always or you never. I think that 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 creates in the other person a feeling of like they see me as someone like someone who is always irresponsible or who never keeps their appointments or who, and Mm -hmm. so, so now you're in this cycle where they're suddenly on the defensive because they're aware of the, the record that you're keeping and that you have this, you know, mental tally sheet that's building an untrue or false or partial picture of who they are. And suddenly like you can just see how those things all sort sort of stack on each other and build Mm -hmm. and, and, like just take you way, way, way off course. So, I mean, again, practically when, when I'm in an argument, I try to keep it like we're talking about this situation, Yeah. you know, and like as much as we can, we're trying to keep this boundaried and resolve this. And then we sort of move on. And I would even say with the little things, let's say some, somebody, there was a social slide or somebody said a unintentional, but unkind word. Right. I, I think it's also um, the responsibility of the person. It's a mutual responsibility where if you've been offended and let's say you go home and you think about it that night and the next night you're thinking about it, even though it's maybe it's a really small thing. But if, it, if it's bothering you that much, um, I, I think even just saying to that person, hey, what you said the other day, you know, I know you didn't mean it to be unkind but it really hurt me mm-hmm. because I think if anything, and especially if you kind of tend to be more responsive, um, kind, um, like my wife, <laughs> sure, sort of like an internalizer. Yeah, yeah sure. You, the, the default could be, you just don't say anything yeah. and you live with it kind of being long suffering, thinking this is what I'm supposed to do sure. in forgiving this person. Sure. I don't know how many times my wife has said, like, you know, has, has told me, finally told me something. And she's like, you weren't aware of that? I'm like, no, mm-hmm. not until you told me. And so for, for me, her telling me was kindness. Mm-hmm. But for her, it felt like, well, one, it should be obvious. And two, um, I don't want to tell you because it just, I just feel mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think even, you know, and this is kind of getting down to practicals in, in terms of even little things, but if that person is in a relationship with you, let's say a roommate, mm-hmm. I would just say like, look, you have honest conversations, yeah. especially roommates. Cause you come from very different backgrounds and family of origins. I remember my roommate in seminary, I think we had been living together for like three, four months when he finally said to me, Sung, do you hate me? Oh, jeez. I'm like, no, why? He's like, well, because whenever you have your coffee or breakfast in the morning, you leave the dishes in the sink and you don't clean it. 
And I'm like, oh, I did not know. And, and I mean, after that, I, I did my best to always mm-hmm. keep the sink empty. But he told me in my household, we always, the sink mm-hmm. was always empty. Mm-hmm. And so he just suffered months of months of just thinking that I hated him. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But again, you could see like, depending on your, how you're wired and just, you know, even as something as simple as, as your roommate. Right. And that's where it's those little things. It's those little pebbles that could pile up yeah. that over a matter of course of months and years, like you're, that record keeping, mm-hmm. you're just like, you got 10 pages on yeah. the person. I mean, I think it's so helpful for you to put that other example out there because keeping a record of wrongs can look very, very different for different people. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people can sort of be long suffering in, in the pursuit of kindness, but it's still keeping a record of wrongs <laughs> versus mm-hmm. some people who might sort of um, actively be building a case against you in their minds that when it's time to like really go to the mattresses, like they have all the ammo they need. I mean, I've, I've worked with people where I knew that's what they were doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I, and I heard them through the door sort of giving my boss this laundry list of all the things that I had done wrong versus someone who might sort of on trying to be gentle and and not, not necessarily even being malicious about it, but perhaps there's a level of self-deception there saying Mm -hmm. I'm forgiving when in reality you're sort of storing up those pebbles of resentment. And this is helpful for me to, to distinguish between like forgetting and keeping like, or between not forgetting and keeping a record of wrongs Mm -hmm. where it's like keeping a record of wrongs or keeping that, that list of, yeah, you've done this this many times or, you know, counting, that's like assuming that the person is not going to change and uh, refusing to attempt reconciliation in a lot of ways. Whereas like you can forgive and pursue reconciliation without forgetting that that happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And part of, you know, in order to grow, we have to remember what happened mm-hmm. in order to look forward. So yeah, for sure. It's yeah. coming together. And one of the most damaging things about keeping a record of wrongs is sort of like your roommate did, Sung. The person that you're in an actual relationship with becomes sort of like a caricature mm-hmm. or a two-dimensional representation of who they are. It's like you can only see that one thing or that right. one side. I mean, whenever I'm in sort of... Uh, Whenever I'm in a conflictual relationship, that's the thing that my wife always calls me on because my you know, sort of the way that I talk about this person will become more and more and more two dimensional. And she'll mm-hmm. say, you have got to stop, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, I am one of those people that tends to internalize. Right. Um, and she'll say, you have got to stop because this person is becoming just a caricature of who they really are. You have to see them as a whole person. Um, and forgiveness and sort of engaging in conflict that leads to forgiveness allows you to sort of do that. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get to what forgiveness is in a minute. So yeah, I yeah. I said that. No, and you know what? I mean, I was just thinking too, as you were saying that, as we were talking about some of these different examples, I was thinking, you know, and you could you could call me out if I'm wrong. I was like, I think Christine would default to like, oh, second chance, forgive mm-hmm. and forget. Mm-hmm. And Nate would be like, I'm keeping I'm all these little case, pebbles. <laughs> I am going to unleash a shotgun <laughs> shell full of these arguments at you. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, going back to something we said earlier too about, you know, and this is, this, this this should instruct how we forgive. Like when David commits adultery with Bathsheba, he repents, confesses. I mean, he wrote a whole Psalm about it, Mm -hmm. Psalm 51. But what's interesting, if you look at his story is that he is forgiven. In other words, God doesn't hold that against him, but then God does tell him that he will always have bloodshed in war in Mm -hmm. his kingdom. Mm -hmm. 
and that his newborn son will die. And so he does not let him off the hook with the consequences. That doesn't feel very forgiven. It does. <laughs> I mean, legitimately, right? Yeah. Like, would yeah. we look at that and be like, oh, God forgave him. He's just, he's only going to kill his son. I'd be like, no. <laughs> but that's, that's, there's a, it's a two different things, right. Right? right? It's two different things. Right. And so if, let's say your husband or former husband abused you, right? That doesn't mean you just say, oh yeah, I, I'm a Christian. He's not, I should forgive him right. and stay in that relationship and put yourself in harm's way. Or it doesn't mean if let's say you were a, a, a former abuser, that now that you're a Christian, that now all that tendency and, and desire is gone. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is still in you. That's where the work, uh, the internal work comes in because just because you're forgiven doesn't mean those tendencies and behaviors are automatically gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sometimes something that we don't understand is like, Oh, I'm forgiven. I'm a new creation. Yes. And no. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I think, uh, when it comes to, yeah, forgiving, um, so what, yeah, what, what, what does that look like? What, what does, what does forgiveness look like? Have uh, let me ask you this: Have you forgiven somebody uh, in in a godly and healthy way? Where you haven't forgiven, I, I mean, for, forgotten, um, but you walked it out in a way that you think reflected a robust biblical pathway of forgiveness. I'm sure. I, yeah. I mean, again, this is my tendency, but I can think of way more people that I'm still struggling to forgive. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there isn't an example at the forefront of my mind, unfortunately. Okay. I so what comes to mind immediately for me is my friend who has forgiven me. Mm. Oh, um, I might be able to think of somebody. Yeah, who yeah. I okay. know. That'll I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> that'll be okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I remember like my, my best friend from college after, as, as I was leaving Albuquerque, um, you know, there were all of these, uh, like there was a plan where I was like, okay, I'm going to leave on this day. I'm going to fly. I had like bought my plane ticket through her parents, kind of like they had, um, cause they had like points on their card and she had helped me pack and get everything ready for this flight. And then in the matter of like a day, all of the plans changed. I was going to drive and then, you know, I was going to be bringing all of my stuff up that way. And the plane ticket was canceled and I like a- everything changed that she had been a part of helping me plan. And I just remember, uh, you know, she was like, what the heck? Like, we, we like took care of you. We packed your stuff. We got you ready for this thing. And now like on a whim, you're doing something different. Um, which wasn't exactly how, how it felt on my end, but like made sense. And I just remember she called me and she was like, Christine, I could have held this against you forever and just like kept it inside, which is what I usually do. And you have seen me do, but I felt like we should talk it through because I didn't want to lose our friendship. Mm -hmm. Can you explain this is, and she basically laid it out like that. She was like, you threw away my care and my help. You took advantage of my family. Like, this is how I saw that happen. But I know that that's not who you are. Mm. So can you tell me what you were thinking? Mm. Um, and I explained what I was thinking. And we like, that was like conversation one, <laughs> right? Um, where like, we continued to kind of like invest in our friendship and invest in those conversations. Um and now we're like still best friends five years later. Yeah. Um, but I just remember her explaining 
this is what I saw, but I know who you are. Mm. Like that pairing was really useful for me. I think that's a really helpful distinction when, when you talk about forgiveness, which is that in some ways, uh, and I don't think this is, uh, I'm, I'm asking this as a question, but in that, in that instance, forgiveness is sort of like around an event. It's not sort of like mm. the forgiveness of like your character right. or mm. like your flaw. Mm-hmm. sort of like you did this and, I'm, for, and I'm, I'm willing to forgive you for that because your character sort of stands separate and apart mm-hmm. versus if something is sort of like a continual character issue. I don't know. This is where it gets dicey for me to try mm-hmm. to like parse it out, but where that's sort of like a different conversation. Yeah. It's like you can't, for, forgiving someone for being like perpetually abusive mm-hmm. isn't really the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as an oversight or a slight or something done out of, you know, um, anger or fatigue or something mm-hmm. like that, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm exploring it. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I think even in your case, Christine, I just think the, it was around an event and the, the journey of forgiveness is a journey. Mm-hmm. So I, I think even when you forgive somebody, it may be out of a sense of duty Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I know I should. Mm-hmm. And okay, in my heart, I know I did. But you could still hold on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's a journey. It, it, it's more than just, oh, I forgive and I forget. Because it just means, I, I think what happens is over time, um, it, while it's not true that time heals all wounds, um, sometimes time just um, shoves it under a rug. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. But... Yeah. Uh, time is part of that journey. I could think of that same person that I let go of a n- number of years ago. Um, I think this happened uh, during COVID, actually. So it, it was like six years later. Mm. We had not talked for like six plus years. Mm. Um, I reached out to him. And we started a conversation. And he thought I was still mad at him. Mm. when I uh, When, in fact... Um, the last conversation we had, I tried to reconcile and he flatly said no to me Mm. and left. And so when I reached out to him, he said, and again, like I'm not accusing him of being wrong. He, his experience was that song is still upset at me and doesn't like me. Mm. And, and we started the conversation. And since then we've had uh, a handful of conversations and we actually met once in person. Um, but that, there was a case of, yeah, it, it took time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it was a kind of relationship. And, and just to give some background too, like my dad and I, like our relationship, like if, if this is very much caricature, but like you think of certain ethnic groups, right? Like Italians, they argue like full out verbally. Mm-hmm. Like that's me and my dad, mm-hmm. right? And so this is partly why I think I, I come from a background where uh, that, that's how we duked it out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm used to this high threshold of verbal sure. assault. I mean, you've shared in, in sermons that like your dad, when in like your teen years, your dad disowned you like yeah. numerous, like you are no longer my son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like not just like I'm mad at you, but right. like get out of my house. You're no longer in my right. family. Kind of and, and so I think part of, yeah, it's true. And so part of, and, and the relationship with my dad is, is just one of where we can verbally assault each other. And yet, and I think my default is like, oh, forgiveness means, oh, you just forget about it. Mm. Mm. Um, not that it didn't happen, but you, you forget about the wound 
that it may have created or the hurt that it created. Mm. And then you just kind of, for the sake of the relationship, mm. because he's my dad. Mm. Um, and so with this person, I, I did put up with a lot because one, he's a very talented and skilled uh, staff person. I mean, he verbally, is, he would um, verbally assault me. Mm. Um, he did in front of other people. Uh, he would verbally belittle other people. And so it was, it, it was just so obvious to everybody else. Mm. But I kept saying, well, you know, he's a good guy. He's really skilled at this. And, and um, so anyways, when we, when we came together, I, sh- I, I told him, like, no, I, I've, I've forgiven you. Mm. And for him, that was a huge thing to hear that um, six years later. I mean, he, neither of us are really, like, big, like, or, or people who cry a lot but it brought him to tears and as we were talking it it almost felt like jacob and esau right Mm -hmm. when they were reunited Mm -hmm. like and that's actually how close we were when we were doing ministry together we were like jacob and esau like two brothers just working together and um i think there's still a sense of like yeah i mean to be honest i'm like yeah it's been many years and i know god has changed me a lot and i just trust that god has changed him a lot um but that doesn't mean we're just like in the trenches doing battle together again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I'd like to explore a little bit more about what forgiveness, because in some ways I do think you're unique in sort of being able to like cast the hurt aside. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I'm wondering like, what does forgiveness look like for someone who that's really hard for, yeah. um, you know, who is prone to holding a grudge or is sensitive and feels those things very sort of deeply and for a long period of time. What does forgiveness mean for a person like that? Mm. That's a good question, Nate. <laughs> that's why I'm asking it. <laughs> I need some help here, you guys. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I'm the best one to answer this, but a couple of thoughts come to mind. Christine, do you have anything before I share some thoughts? Um, I, so I guess in, in my mind, like the, the thing that comes to mind is like my relationship with my dad Mm -hmm. who, um, you know, I was, was also, you know, really, um, tough to to love, um, and to be loved by, um, all growing up. And, and now we have a really healthy relationship, um, without me having forgotten any of the things that like, especially my siblings, but also like that I, that I witnessed or went through. Um, and I think that there, like the, the things that come to mind in terms of like what that looked like was actually, first of all, like actively remembering. So instead of being like, Oh, forgiveness means forgetting. It's like, no forgiveness means looking at what happened yeah. Interesting. and working through it. Okay. Um, and, and like really processing all of the pieces of the puzzle, um, and, and like letting, letting myself feel that in a different way, which again, I'm also someone who avoids pain. So Mm -hmm. like for me, it it means wrestling. If you're deep, you know, you're like lost in remembering, then maybe like, then the next step is also like bringing God into that memory Mm -hmm. of like asking, yeah, for, for his help in wrestling through that. And then, um, for me, it looked like also, um, having conversations with my other siblings and with my dad. So people who were present and, and, you know, him himself, he was also ready to change. So Mm. that's like a different Mm -hmm. thing, right? Where like, he's, he's not the person he was when I was five, Mm. um, or 10. Um, and so, yeah, going into those conversations, not expecting 
that he's going to be the one to bring healing, but like still pursuing those conversations. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that. I love that image of uh, forgiveness where it's like a commitment to the healing process mm-hmm. in some way saying like, I'm committed to working through this yeah. and, and seeing this relationship sort of get to a healthier place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, that, that requires work on both parties, right? Mm-hmm. Like it requires me uh, acknowledging my own part in it perhaps, or learning to set boundaries with an unhealthy person. Mm-hmm. And it also sort of requires that other person to make amends if they've really done something wrong, mm-hmm. but it's like a commitment to the healing process. And it's interesting to think about even when, when God forgives us mm-hmm. in some ways, he's not saying like, Hey, you know, it's fine that you right. did this again. Like yeah. just, well, I'm just going to keep forgetting in some ways it's him committing to the, the healing process for us as well. Mm-hmm. Saying my forgiveness means that you and I are going to work on you becoming more righteous and more like Jesus. Yeah. I'd say it's, mm-hmm. I like that. I like that um, framework for forgiveness mm-hmm. quite a bit. So what happens if somebody doesn't want to be forgiven or doesn't think they're wrong? Or um, the, another question is, can forgiveness only be given if the other person wants it? Mm. Or can it be extended even if they don't think they need it? I mean, I would say that those are the situations where forgiveness is actually most important. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. in some ways, if the other person, like you said, and this is not to, to minimize your story, but your dad being ready to change is sort of like, all right, well, the forgiveness journey sort of like has mm-hmm. some boundaries that we understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like people working on a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but if someone doesn't want to be forgiven or thinks they've done nothing wrong, I mean all the more important for you to sort of like forgive and begin the healing process for the hurt that was caused you because the other person isn't going to help. Right. They're not going to be a part of it. Right. You know, and and forgiving that person doesn't mean that you go through life as a doormat or a punching bag. And it doesn't mean that you can't speak up or that you just have to roll over to. And I think that's an important part also of like, forgiving doesn't mean forgetting, right? Because like in, in college, I was like, oh, you know, forgiving is forgetting. So I'm going to forget this happened and then make the same mistake on my end yeah. of like being, putting myself into a position to be treated that way again. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, sometimes forgiving means, yeah, like healing, which means changing. Mm-hmm. Um, not just the other person, but like I, I need to make sure that like I'm being the person that God calls me to be too. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're in a relationship with someone who, whether it's a professional relationship or, you know, um, a significant other or family, friend circle, whatever, if the other person is not willing to contribute to the healing process, like if, if forgiveness means beginning the healing journey, you really have to start that if you're going to stop being hurt by that person. Mm -hmm. Like you have to figure out, like you were saying, Christine, what is it that, that sort of drives me or permits me to put myself in this position Mm -hmm. to be hurt or taken advantage of again and again and again. And I need to get healthy in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in some ways looking at it and forgiving that person and beginning the healing process means boundaries Mm -hmm. sort of saying like, Nope, like that's, we're not going to have that conversation or you're not going to speak to me that way, or I'm not going to sort of engage in this type of a workplace banter or this type of, you know, under the table deal, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. But that's part of the, the, the journey towards health. 
Mm-hmm. Can I add one more, I think, Christian response um, to hurt and forgiveness? Go for it. And you got to stick with me here because it's not going <laughs> to. Okay. Revenge. Mm. <laughs> Nate is pondering that. I was waiting to see where you're going to go. So there is a biblically appropriate response of revenge. But this is where the appropriate response of revenge is um, to understand that you are not the one Mm -hmm. extracting payment. Right. Mm -hmm. And we are not the tool in the hands of the Lord (laughs) when it comes to revenge. (laughs) As much as we'd like to be sometimes. And so this is kind of the the, let God be God. Mm response Mm -hmm. of revenge of God. Like, and he says like, you know, he's going to pour his wrath and and your response, your kind response is going to pour, put coals on that person's head. And God says, vengeance is mine. Mm -hmm. And so God's vengeance, whatever that looks like is his pride, his right. And his, his alone. The problem is when we think we are the debt collector, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I would say in this response, it, it is to say, um, God, it's almost like a, God, I'm going to trust you to get that person. Yeah. Mm. And, and I think not, <laughs> not to pray for that necessarily. <laughs> I mean, so, so here's the thing. David does all the time all in the, the Psalms. Time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. God, smash your teeth in. That's right. That's you right. Know? Dash their heads upon the rock. Right. <laughs> But this is the thing I would say. One, one of two things happens. Either, oh gosh, a Christian shouldn't think that or feel that. Mm. <laughs> or, uh, but is, is, is it not more healthy to, between you and God, to say that to God, right. mm. knowing that he can handle it right. and surrender that to God. Right. Mm-hmm. To say, God, I am not the one that is called to do this, yeah. you are. Well, and that's the interesting ending to most of those Psalms, mm-hmm. right. which is where he does sort of lay out there, like, this is what I, this is what justice feels like to me. But then he often resolves it by saying, not always, but he often resolves mm-hmm. it by saying, but you know, God, like it's in your hands, mm-hmm. sort of like, but I love the idea of, of saying, you gotta be honest. Like if you yeah. really want the teeth to be bashed in, <laughs> don't pretend you don't. Like, right. like get that right. out there, you know, that's a part of the process. And I think when you pray that to God, uh, uh, this is at least true for me. When you vent that with God, you're less likely to vent that in unhealthy ways, in in sideways with other people. Mm. That would come off as violent, yeah, or in ways that are destructive, yeah, mm-hmm. or uh, or sinful on your like, yeah, on your own on your own part, yeah, mm-hmm. sort of perpetuating the cycle, yeah. So I think part of it too is especially when you don't feel like forgiving somebody. I think part of it is just because uh, because you could say <laughs> excuse me, you know okay I'm going to forgive this person I don't feel like it I don't want to but I'm going to do it. Uh, I, I think instead of because a lot of people will say God you know help me forgive this person that that's good I, I think maybe a more honest way would be God giving God permission mm. to, to change your heart yeah one because that's acknowledging like your heart is hard yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my heart is hard, right? My heart is hard right now. And God, I, I give you permission and access to, to change my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of putting this expectation, God changed my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, what happens is, well, God didn't change my heart. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And so then there's anger and frustration with God. Or but, even to say, well, then this must be, this, right. I'm, maybe I'm supposed to feel this way. Mm-hmm. I prayed for God to change my heart and he didn't. So I must really, it must be okay that I want this person's head yeah. to be dashed against the rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing that's also helpful is I would say, um, take a walk around the block or in your case, the farm. Mm-hmm. And I would say, um, especially those moments when you, when all you can think of is the ledger and, and the other person's side is really long is to think of outside that specific context of all the ways that you, um, that sin begets you mm-hmm. or that you create pain in other people outside that context of that relationship or that event. I think if you, I don't know, you call it a confession walk or something. Yeah. I think what happens is, as you do that, uh, your focus becomes more one of gratitude mm-hmm. and humility of what God has done for you. Yeah. And it's just a shift in focus. Instead of focusing on the, the pebbles that I've stacked on you, you're looking at the, the rocks that you carry yeah. and oftentimes don't want to acknowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just taking a walk and just a confession walk. Um, is good. You know, the thing that's interesting about the parable of which, which one is it? Um, oh, it's a parable that Jesus tells about, like, um, he forgives the one servant of this huge mm-hmm. debt. Mm-hmm. And then the other, per- and then the <clears throat> that person goes out and another person owes him a smaller debt and he f- refuses to forgive that person that debt. And has them thrown in jail. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's the thing. The debt that the master had forgiven that first servant, he actually gives back to him. You know, at first he says, it's forgiven. Mm-hmm. It's gone. And then when he sees that that other person, that that person is unwilling to forgive a smaller debt, he actually, if you think about it, because he has him thrown in prison, he actually returns his debt. He like reassesses the fine. Oh man. I mean, I mean, that's kind of terrifying, right? Like, oh, and so there is this sense of like, God gives us grace to forgive. Mm. It's kind of like salvation. It's a free gift, but you have to work it out with fear and trembling. Yeah. And, and forgiveness is this, I mean, and we pray that in, in the Lord's prayer as well too. Like, what does that mean? Like, oh, forgive us as we have forgiven our debtors. That doesn't mean that God's forgiveness is conditional upon us forgiving other people, but it is indicative of where our hearts are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do we even have the capacity to understand the the, the scope of God's forgiveness in our lives. And, and yeah. if we don't, we probably don't. I mean, I will say that, that um, my wife, Amy's most profound forgiveness experience was in the context of confession. Mm-hmm. She had a relationship that she was struggling with and she was sharing sort of to a friend of hers, sort of like, you know, this person did this and they did this and they're like this and they say this. And, and the and and when she sort of paused and took a breath, her friend was like, "I so I don't know about this other person, but it does sound like you have a lot that you need to confess." Mm-hmm. And my wife was sort of like taken aback, like, "What? Like maybe you weren't listening to the story? Like, did you not?" But but the more that she thought about it, the more she realized how true it was. And she actually went to a priest that was a friend of ours, and mm-hmm. and went through sort of like this confession liturgy, and had this really sort of miraculous experience of being able to forgive out mm-hmm. of her own confession um, because she just did it. That's yeah. part of the process is right. sort of saying like we look at ourselves mm-hmm. and look at how often, how much we need forgiveness and suddenly the ability to forgive just sort of like flowed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, forgive us because <laughs> <if> we, <laughs> we've talked for almost an hour. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, but I think this is this is really heavy stuff, and it's important. And I think this is one of those cliches that I think really does a disservice to the people who say it and hear yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Forgive and forget, and we've outlined that. And hopefully, this helps you in your walk with God, in your relationship with others. Uh, these are things that I, I wish I knew when we were younger. Yeah, and we'll see you next week for our next episode.